Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I'm married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and and I'm in a different part of the country. I I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then. And you're really reenacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? I got an interesting email this week. He says, thank you for taking my email in question. My girlfriend and I listen to you on the radio and she respects your opinion as I do. So here's the question. I've been separated for nine months. I'm working on a divorce. Is it okay to date? I believe it is. But she's not comfortable with being around people who know my divorce is not final. Can you help? He kind of answered it when he said, if she's not comfortable, it's not a good gig. And Pat, you- and that is the truth of the matter. If you are in a relationship and you are in another relationship, you're much more likely to have that relationship go south. And therefore, you really need to close a chapter before you open any other new ones. And you know, with sex addiction and partner betrayal, boundaries are so important. Hi, I'm Carol, Carol the Coach. And you know, what I know to be true is the clearer your boundaries, the healthier your relationships. And so if you don't have clear boundaries right now, then I'm going to ask you to please, please, please clean them. Why? Because that's the best thing that you can do to really fortify the relationships that you're in. I know it's hard to believe, and and yet what I really believe is that there is no doubt that you get confused when you're swinging around many different relationships and you really can't give 100% to anybody. And that doesn't work. That doesn't work at all. So now, one of the things that 
we're going to be talking about tonight is how can you manage your manage your anxiety, manage the chaos, manage the fears, and do that by virtue of your own powers. You know what I mean. How do you do that? Well, the truth of the matter is that we all are empowered to do many, many, many things. But we have to get focused. We have to be mindful. And we have to practice techniques that allow you to do that. And that in itself can be difficult because most people want to, oh, just fly through life. They don't want to slow down and take things one step at a time. But the more mindful you are about a situation, the more likely you are to not only honor it the way you're supposed to, but also to be able to receive in the way that you'd like to. That's so important. Now, I got an email from a woman who said that her husband wasn't a typical sex addict and that in actuality, he had been having an affair and then they broke it off and he came back to her and then he reengaged in that relationship and she said, Carol, we need your help. We don't know how to get through this, but I don't think he's your typical sex addict. Now, we've done a lot of talking on this show about sex and love addiction, right? And that is really when somebody has the propensity to not follow the rules. And the propensity is to get caught up in the emotions because on some level, It takes away earlier childhood wounds. And so if you are somebody that sex is not necessarily your thing, but what is your thing is the relationship high that you get from being with people, then I advise you to go to sexandloveanonymous.com, S-L-A-A.com, and take the test. It's a little bit more extensive than the test for sex addiction, but it certainly will get you pointed to the right direction because when you can't maintain a healthy boundary and you can't stay out of a relationship but yet you're committed to somebody else, you need the support of the 12-step process and of the fellowship. And when you have that support, you're much more likely to be successful. Now, does that make sense? That your addiction is really to love. Your addiction is to the relationship that you want or that you believe you have. The truth of the matter is more sex and love addicts don't get their needs met. They don't get their needs met, and so they find themselves doing very, very desperate things standing in the rain, waiting for him to come home, 
um, to see who he's with, stalking, driving by in the middle of the night, um, obsessing about the person, realizing that that person is not theirs. Hugh, I would really encourage you to look at this SLAA website. Attend some meetings. You know, that's one of the, uh, those meetings that typically are more female than male, but um, there are certainly male sex and love addicts. Obviously, this woman was writing about her husband. And um, that can be a problem for partners of male sex and love addicts because they don't particularly want their husband going to a support group that's going to be predominantly women. I know if I've got partners listening to the show, you can relate to that. Truth of the matter is, it would be fabulous if people were secure enough not to have to worry about that. But sex addiction, sex and love addiction are so compulsive that, well, intentions that are, are good can go easily bad. And so I'm always saying, don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to find temptation. Make it easy on yourself. Now, interestingly enough, I'm going to be on uh, Fox 59 tomorrow, not the national show, the one here in Indianapolis. And um, I'm going to be talking about a methodology that Deepak Chopra sent me. So I went ahead and put it on my Facebook so that you could all see it um, and hear about it. I have it both on my Sex Help with Carol the Coach YouTube book, and then I also have it on my Carol the Coach YouTube. I did two different ones because although there are a lot of similarities between sex and, um, and love addicts, sex addicts, and then people that just really want to decrease the busyness in their life. So I want to talk to you just a little bit about it. Um, When you have a negative vibrational energy, when you are ruminating and you can't stop thinking about the worst and you want to make your life happen and you don't know how to stop the racing thoughts, And you're really thinking that nothing, nothing good is ever going to happen. You can actually change those thoughts with four easy steps. It's called the STOP method. And STOP sounds exactly like it is. S is for stop. You're to stop and ask yourself, what is causing me to stress? I don't have enough money. I don't have a job. I think he's cheating. I think she's flirting. Create the meaning of your distress in one sentence or less. Okay. The O, I'm sorry, the T in stop is to take three deep breaths. You take three deep breaths, inhaling through your nose, breathing out through your mouth, 
And on that third breath, you create the largest, most demonstrative smile that you can. Even if you don't feel like smiling, create that smile. And then you allow that smile to flutter from your mouth all the way down to your toes. In other words, you feel that smile throughout your entire body. And after you do that, you will experience, oh, you'll be observing how do you feel when you put a big smile on your face and then you felt that smile inwardly all the way throughout your body. And then notice not only how the body feels, but what parts of the body feel real relief, contentment, peace, or happiness. Okay, here's the last step. P. Proceed with kindness, care, and compassion. Do something powerful for somebody else. Now, if you're distressing about a specific person, maybe you want to do something kind for them. If you're not there yet or you really don't want to, maybe it's important for you not to have any contact with that person. Then pay it forward and proceed and do something nice for someone else. Again, with kindness, care, and compassion. And when you do that, you have moved and shifted that energy in such a short amount of time. You know, the mind can't have two thoughts at one time. The brain can't feel two feelings at the same time. And when you smile, even if you don't think you have anything to smile about, or you can't think of anything you're happy about, when you just train the body to smile and then experience it throughout the entire body, I promise you it shifts the energy. And when you shift that energy, you're much more likely to appreciate what is. And when you appreciate things around you appreciate. That's why in relationships, I am forever telling people, I don't care how bad he is. I don't care how um, rageful she is. I don't care if they don't understand you. Can you find something every day to focus on that's positive? Because when you do that, grows. And the truth of the matter is that it's really important to protect yourself and not be in an unhealthy relationship. And at the same time, balance your life with kind, caring, compassionate thoughts. And so that is the stop method, something that you can do in three minutes or less, to shift that energy and to reduce the anxiety that's around it. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. 
um, I'm going to be interviewing Risha Bandami, who will be talking about how mindfulness, meditation, and breath work can calm anxiety and stress. I mean, she's made it her mission to help people with this, so much so that she has an event called Freedom from Trauma, Powerful and Profound Practices to Heal Trauma and Consciously Create the Body, Mind, and Spirit that you truly desire. So I can't wait to be able to check in with her and find out, you know, how she personally practices some of these methods and what she does to help her clients work through their own chaos and stress to feel more calmness and serenity and peace. So, Risha, welcome to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. How are you tonight? I am well. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You've got a lot of powerful things coming up. And, and you know, yes. I'm such a big, I'm a big believer in what you do. So tell our listening audience a little bit about who you are, how you practice, and about some of the exciting projects that you've got going on. Sure. I would love to. Um, my my name, as you know, is Richa, Richa Badami, and um, I entered into this work that I now practice and teach my clients and students almost 25 years ago, and it was at a time where I needed, I needed something to feel better because I wasn't feeling good. I had a childhood that was packed with uh, a lot of um, trauma. Uh, childhood trauma, there was sexual abuse and neglect, um, and that was really, really hard and disorienting, to say the least, as uh, someone in her 20s, and I was lost and uh, did not know how to find the help I needed, and I was fortunate enough that I got introduced to a teacher who brought me in and started to show me how I could use my breath and body and meditation and a variety of transformational tools that I now teach to unlock the stress and strain and deep anxiety that I had been holding in my body since I was a child, since I was, um, you know, abused for a pretty, you know, about 10 years of my, of my life between um, the age of eight and till I left home when I was 18. And so it was uh, only through that work, because at the time I did not, did not have the um, support like we have now easily and readily available in terms of therapy and being able to even talk about this openly um, to a certain degree at least. And uh, this really helped me unlock. And I learned a lot about how the body keeps uh, the score, uh, which is a, which is a famous work um, by Bessel van der Kolk, who is uh, always who's talked about this in his book, and um, I did not know all these things, but I actually experienced them firsthand and saw the results because I imme- almost immediately felt a shift in the in the pain, in the in the grief, and the sadness, in the. Um, uh, um, 
in the really deep shame, actually, really deep shame that I was carrying as a victim of childhood sexual abuse. And um, I saw an immediate shift in that when I used these practices. And the practices involved movement and breath work and guided meditation. Um, And um, that was really what saved me because I had, you know, I was in a very dark place and considered um, even ending my life at one point because I didn't see a future for myself having had that kind of childhood. And fortunately for this experience with my teacher who stayed in my life for almost 16 years as my mentor, I was able to come out of that and go deeper, learn more, and increase my knowledge around how how the brain and the brain chemistry gets impacted by trauma that comes from childhood, as well as how to unlock the power within and use the breath, meditation, mindfulness techniques to actually find a, a very graceful, peaceful way forward. And, and even though the outcome has been a, a real uh, serene place for me, the process at the time felt really hard because it, I had to come up against my own inner shadows and my shame and, um, and facing those were really, were really hard and having faced those and come on the other side of it in a, in a place where today I can guide others and help others to me seems like it was, uh, it was, worth it as much as I would not wish this on anybody. I'm glad I was able to take those challenges and turn them into guidance to shine a light on the path for others to be free of the toxic shame and pain that they carry for things that happened to them a long, long time ago. And so this work has really been life-changing primarily first for me. And just like the saying goes, wear your oxygen mask before you help others. Um, Mm-hmm. It really was. It really was a um, a life lesson for me that then turned into teachings that I I brought to my my clients and students through my workshops and talks and book and trainings and retreats. So that that's the work that I've been doing, um, as well as now, like you had mentioned um, just a few minutes ago, the online series that I'm working on right now is called Freedom from Trauma. And, you know, we find ourselves at a very, um, in a very tender time on this planet where people like myself and millions of others who have entered this period on our planet with pre-existing stress, anxiety, trauma, and, uh, and you know, just abuse, history of violence, assault, all the things that people have experienced and have have had really difficult time um, healing even from, and then they enter the pandemic period on our planet. It's almost like there's a pandemic within the pandemic where people are, some people are silently suffering and don't know quite how to end their quiet desperation. Uh, It's a really hard time. And I could relate to that because as much as the work that I have done over 20 years, I found myself um, really relating to my uh, my clients and really getting how hard this period is. And so I was very inspired and motivated to bring 
tools and modalities and conversations and practices to people to give them access to the, uh, to the many, many ways that one can come to a place of self-care, self-love, self-regulation, self-worth, and pause to just pay mind to who, who you are, even though you may have experienced things that were, um, that were not uh, what anybody would desire or wish for on you or anyone. Um, and no matter how your issues or your trauma or your addictions or your um, compulsive behaviors came into existence, you are still um, you are still inherently a precious being, and every single one of us needs that moment, that pause to take care and 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 choose a way that is kind and loving to find a way out of out of the shame and out of the pain because who we really are is not that. Who we really are is full of potential for good and um, kindness and loving relationship and growth. And uh, we all have that potential. And I think if we find a way to access that potential, we can really start to um, see changes. So I'm hoping that this Freedom from Trauma online series, which is an absolutely free event, and it's coming in about six, seven weeks, and it's uh, going live in September, and uh, will hopefully offer um, people a, a, a variety of tools and expertise and um, teachings to help, help them on their journey of recovery, of healing, of transformation. Yeah, and you know, interestingly enough, you know, this listening audience is both sex addicts in recovery or sex addicts searching recovery and then partners who have experienced the trauma of sexual betrayal. And we both know that they go through that um, trauma cycle, both of them typically do, and their brains don't work so well. And so what I'm really excited about is both your conference and your work in general help people to slow down and follow their breath work and be mindful. And I was wondering if you could give our listening audience a sample of an exercise you use with somebody who's prone to that anxiety. Absolutely, I would I would love to. And it's actually a practice that I do daily. Um, sometimes I I do it actually every morning and every night. And I also sometimes will do it during the day if I have. In fact, the busier I am, the more I will do it um, to help me um, to help me with uh, with just managing my energy levels as well as uh, you know the stress that comes with just having a busy day sometimes so that you can, I can be fully present to what it is. Absolutely love to do that and, uh, and take, uh, take the audience through a simple, very simple breath exercise. And there's no perfect way of doing this. There's no right or wrong way of doing this. This is really an invitation to meet yourself exactly where you are. 
There's nothing to fix because nothing was broken. Just breathe and become totally aware of that breathing. And that's the invitation. It's the pause. And I describe that like taking the exit ramp of the highway, of the speedway, and just pulling over to the side and just taking that time. So we go on a highway that's breakneck speed sometimes in our day. And imagine that you're just going to take the exit ramp and it's just going to come to a, a simple pause for a few breaths. So with that said, just come in a comfortable position and you can be sitting up straight or relaxing back into a chair, whatever, whatever is your, is your space, your spot that makes you feel most at ease in your body. Just do that. Your feet can be flat on the ground, which is kind of nice to feel a sense of connection and groundedness. Just relaxing your neck and shoulders. You can gently close your eyes so that you can cut out the distraction of seeing things around and just come in for a moment. And gently, when you're ready, take a deep breath in. And breathe out. Palms could be facing up. So as to opening up to receive breath that helps relax, breath that helps expand and increase the space just to allow for what there is. And every breath out is releasing the stress releasing the strains and letting go of that which is not in your control. In this moment, breathing in and breathing out. Breathing in and breathing out. Follow the natural rhythm of this breath in and out. Notice the journey of one breath as it enters through your nostrils and then exhaling back out through your nostrils again. With every breath, notice how your breath is slowing down just a little bit more every time. See the palms as they're open facing up, that you're receiving life, receiving love, receiving light, possibility. And when you exhale, See the breath through the soles of your feet, growing roots into the earth and grounding you, giving you connection, centering and bringing you back into your body again through the palms of your hands. Just becoming totally aware 
of the journey of this breath in and out. Slowing down your mind and your breath. Coming to a place of peace. Now, with this breath, yeah. Go ahead. Value that enough. And that little bit of slowing the body down and really paying attention to the essential breath work um, is fulfilling and restoring and replenishing. Yes. And in fact, this simple, simple template you know, it took not even three minutes maybe, can be developed with practice where we can hold our breath at the top of the breath for a few counts. And then when we drop back in, we can again hold the breath again after the inhale. And it's just this extension and expansion that happens and we can over time build the muscle just like we have to work out every day, we have to eat right every day so that we can have the health and body that we want. Breathing is like that. You can build the muscle and the brain and you can rewire your neural pathways in your brain because it's, it's, it's plastic, it's elastic. You can actually do that. Like with habits, new habits, you can extend the breath, pause, re-enter, and there are many variations that, and progressions, I should say, that I take my clients through when, they, you know, when I have a longer, obviously, time to do that, where we can release anxiety. We can actually push breath out, too. Um, there's movement that we can do to help release the, the bodies. It, literally, on a cellular level, we can, we, can, we can move it out through the breath with some powerful yogic uh, breath and breathing techniques from yoga, which is ancient, 5,000 and more years old science on how to re-engineer how emotions and thoughts are stored in the body using breath and movement. And so that I have found to be a very powerful tool in recovery, uh, both with with the addicts as well as with partners, because I work with partners as well. And so... It's been it's been very um, it's been very helpful for many for many men and women. Well, and I know that um, the conference that you're going to be having is not solely for sex addicts or partners. It's really for anybody who who is obviously wants wants to heal their own stress, their own trauma, mm-hmm. and just have a clear desire for a healthier body, mind, and spirit. Um, right. How can, how can people sign up for that? Do you have a well, sign-up I yet? Would, yeah, we, the sign-up is going to be live in um, the first week of September. However, I would urge people to send me an email uh, at richabadami.com at or go to my website, richabadami.com. And um, and uh, subscribe on the homepage because everybody on that 
list is going to get an invitation along with bonuses um, that are going to be offered, that are going to be free resources and, um, and, and steps to start the process of healing right away. Because like you said, the, the, the premise of Freedom from Trauma Summit is for people who have suffered from any type of trauma, childhood trauma, domestic violence, abuse, neglect, narcissistic abuse, all different types of, of trauma, even racial trauma. Um, so it, the speakers coming, we have close to 40 speakers, are addressing a variety of different, um, of different areas of trauma. Trauma is a big subject. It's a big field, and it comes into people's lives in different ways, shapes, and forms. And yet uh, there are ways in which people can heal that they can, they can really find some commonality in some of the modalities, and they may be drawn to one more than others. Um, and so it's really like offering, it's an offering to, to you know, I, I would say kindred spirits uh, in these times um, that have suffered or are suffering and uh, we can all heal, we can all be better, we can all have joy and happiness and peace and know what that is as a real experience in our life. So I have an assessment that I'm happy to send out for, for folks to know what kind of um, what what kind uh, how how intense their trauma is and what kind of work might be needed um, on their path um, you know that that's another way that they can reach out if they would like I'm happy to um, help with that as well so that um, that is a, an assessment or a questionnaire or a survey on mm-hmm. trauma and level of trauma Yes, on trauma, on especially childhood trauma. Mm. And, and so, did family. you develop that, or are you are you using somebody else's? You know, I uh, I I didn't uh, totally develop that. I have over the years gone through so many different surveys and questionnaires. One of the questionnaires that recently I really got into was the ACE questionnaire, which is the adverse childhood experiences. Um, and mm-hmm. I, you know, having grown up in India, I was not exposed to any of these materials, so I did not know about it uh, until very yeah. recently, actually. And so when I when I took that myself, it really opened my eyes. And when I spoke to a, a therapist about it, she she mentioned that given the score that I had, which was pretty high, um, my my sort of um, uh, is prognosis the right word that would have been uh, pretty pretty severely you know uh, poor uh, would have been a, a real a case for all the worst possible outcomes and yet um, I am where I am and she herself said that it really goes to show that the work that I have been doing which was outside of therapy at the time because I didn't have therapy in India um, has been has really been powerful in my my journey of of healing from my childhood trauma. So that was very affirming, and that was only very recently that I was I came across that. So to answer your question, some of it is one questionnaire. I do have access to the ACE questionnaire, as well as other other questionnaires that I have over the years gathered uh, there around self inquiry, um, self assessment and answering yes or no questions about experiences that you may have had that that your trauma 
whether it was parents, relationship, or society. So I wanna I wanna remind everybody because she says that very fast, but it's Rusha and it's Badami. Yeah, Richa so Badami. Okay. So the website is www.richabadami, which is B-A-D-M-I dot com, or they can email you at richabadami dot com, correct? Yeah, so the Badami is just is spelled with uh, B-A-D-A-M-I. There's an A there. That, um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can find me there. Just just com. If you go, you can, yeah, just sign up there. Perfect. And certainly, if you want uh, that, that form that she was speaking of, you can email her and let her know where you can be reached. And I know that that's a great way to capture people's email because obviously if somebody's wanting that kind of information, they're probably going to want to follow you. And you can be found on Facebook and, and LinkedIn and Twitter. I mean, you're really on all the social media sites, are you not? Yes, I am. I am. Okay. And, and YouTube so you as well. Were- YouTube also. Yes, I was looking at an interview you did. I think it was about your book. Um, Tell Mm -hmm. us the name of your book and a little bit about it. Sure. Uh, The book is uh, called Coming Home to the Heart, Transforming Trauma into Infinite Possibilities for Healing. And the book's on Amazon, um, and it can be found there both in the paperback and Kindle version. Uh, the book was really uh, um, a, a labor of uh, recovery and healing and um, uh, transformation for me. Uh, and it also pre- represents uh, a, the way in which I healed from um, my childhood abuse. And I was sexually abused by my father, my, my, my biological father. And um, after I found my way in the world, if you will, after I left home and, and you know, had my time to um, to really uh, go out and seek the help I needed on my own, uh, I was able to find transformation and healing and find my path to forgiveness and then work with my father to actually have a restored and reconciled relationship with him. And so the book kind of goes through that story that I had through my healing journey and then uh, also talks about the different practices that I used and the practices that I, I've used in my retreats and workshops with my students and clients um, and also has case studies of my clients that that have gone through the similar process of, of, um, of restoration and recovery, um, uh, having, uh, having had some really challenging experiences and traumatic experiences in their lives as well. And so that's, that's what the book is about and primarily as a way to, to really know for, know for real that who you really are has never been hurt, broken, or damaged. Your essential self has always been whole. And, and what happened to you does not determine and define 
you and your rest of your life because who you are is the love and light and grace of of whether you believe in God or not. Um, it's just pure love and light. Um, it, and what happened to you, it does not define you. That was really the biggest teaching that I got, and I wrote it as a... Uh, I wrote it as a statement to my children. I have three daughters and I, the book ends with a letter to my daughters where I want them to know that. And that to me is the most important thing is uh, whatever we've had in our life that we create something out of it that can be um, more than the sum of our broken parts. So we can be, we can be bigger than that. We can be, we can be, we can be more whole than we've ever been because, not not be, not not because of what happened, but in spite of what happened, we can really rise above and become that. That healing is possible. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, and the light is within you. And you have the power and the ability to access that light and find your way to a bright future with peace and happiness. So that was really what the book was about and for it's just to give people hope. Well, I wanted to ask you because I know that somebody who has been traumatized doesn't believe this and doesn't want to be reminded of it at the time, but truly out of trans, out of great suffering occurs transformation and great strength. And so how do you believe that your sexual abuse, how did it affect you and make you stronger? Well, of course, at the time, it it only felt like it was the curse of my life. And after I went through my my transformational work, I realized that it gave me understanding. It gave me compassion for others' journeys and even for my father's journey who himself had been sexually abused as a child um, and just understanding that, that there is, a, there is an, another way rather than staying in resentment and anger and bitterness. It only makes me not fully live my life. Um, I, I kind of had tried that for quite some time to stay angry and mad and that was only uh, making my bringing bringing you know illness and sickness and disease into my life and only making my experience of life very very limited and it felt like I was constantly in contraction and in a place of littleness and victimhood and smallness and it was just not working it was just not a place of thriving at all, to say the least. And um, when I tried the, the other way, it just opened up my life. It opened up possibility for love, for relationship, for service, for being there for others, for healing, for grieving, for going through the steps of the work of, of healing, which is not easy, uh, but it's worth it because what happens through that and past and beyond that is just something that is it 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 must it's everybody's birthright to experience and so taking 
it's it's not at all easy to to say that oh I'm glad this happened to me no I'm but I'm also not resentful anymore that it happened because because of it it's given me a much more expanded view and a much more expanded open heart um, and forgiveness even for my mom uh, for my dad and um, and to be able to look back and say yes that happened and. I am here today and the choices that I've made have led me to this moment right now that I'm having this conversation with you. I published a book. I have other students who, and clients who I help overcome their trauma and find healthy and happy and whole relationships and with themselves again. And so while it's not easy going through it, we have to keep going through it and and have the right support system and have the people who can who believe in you and your potential like I remember I did and that's something you do for people Carol and your clients and give them hope that and then you can be there as a sounding board to remind them who they really are that what happened is doesn't define the rest of their life there's a way forward and you show them a way through empathy and through the teachings and trainings that you have and coaching that you do which is, uh, you know, really powerful stuff. And so while it is hard and challenging, it, I, I would just say that one has to keep moving forward um, and, and, and be unstoppable, even though there will be many stumbling blocks and we will fail and fall uh, a few times at least. And sometimes it will feel like two steps forward, three steps back, but it's all part of the journey. And just keep coming back. Just keep coming back. Keep getting up. Keep keep doing it. You know, stay connected to people who believe in you, who love you, um, that give you, remind you that there's hope, remind you who you really are, and remind you that you're a precious, valuable being on this planet. And even though what you did may have not been something you're proud of, there is there is redemption. There is forgiveness there is reconciliation that's always a possibility for that well I really do believe in that too and I mean it is that redemption that then grows you stronger and and empowers you to help others Mm -hmm. and listening to um, an incredible speech on the fact that anybody who judges typically judges themselves as hard, if not harder, and that we have to be kind and gentle with ourselves. So Mm -hmm. as we begin to wrap up, I'm wondering, obviously you just encouraged everybody to really um, stay open to the strength that, that can come from suffering and you shared that yourself and, and also your empathy for your mother and your father and having gone through all that. Uh, you are a coach and you're actually yeah. an APSATS coach. You're working yeah. on that certification and, and you really have given back. So share what you're doing with partners of sexual betrayal. Sure. Um, so I've been doing life coaching, um, you know, for a, for a long time, over, over 10, 12 years. I actually started back in India before I moved to the States. And uh, then I formalized it here. So I've been doing life coaching as a medit- and, you know, meditation teacher and a spiritual teacher. And then 
partner betrayal came into my own experience uh, several years ago, and I started to go out and study it, learn it, understand what it is. Of course, I went through my own journey of healing and transformation and worked through a lot of it with my husband, and but also a lot of it not with my husband because he had to be on his own path of recovery and healing. And so we've both gone through our healing. And in that time period, I went all out and I took the APSATS training to learn how to help partners because I knew what I had gone through. And so I find myself now in this place where I had all this background and training with my meditation and transformation work. And now with the added APSATS training, it just became this wonderful sort of mix of modalities with the knowledge of the partner-sensitive, trauma-informed model and the whole being able to being, the, the being able to see the whole system of, um, of addiction as well as the partner's experience, the family, how children are involved when, they, when, that, when that's in the, in the picture. Um, and so I work with my partners really to just like you do, um, Carol, in terms of getting, finding safety, finding, you know, self-care, and then truly starting to see what needs, what needs to be coached and healed and really being there as a safe space for, for partners to listen, to have, um, to validate their experience um, and to really just give them some tools to um, find their inner strength, inner power, their voice again, to know that their experience is not made up. Whatever they're experiencing has been, has been a real, has been real for them really just being there as a friend and compassionate listener um, to, to help and guide them. And uh, that has been uh, a very, um, been a very uh, humbling piece of my work and journey because I just feel honored to serve in this way, um, and um, and I felt like I felt like I was brought to this place in my life so that I could I could I could serve in this way, and uh, I, I feel honored to be able to do that. And uh, I hope to continue to serve and hope to help many many partners and couples, um, you know, as the opportunity arises. And if anyone listening would like to reach out to me, they can absolutely confidentially reach out to me at my, um, at my email, like I'd mentioned earlier, richardrichabadami.com. So yeah, that, that's what I've been, I've been doing. And, um, and it's, it's, uh, we need, we it's need so much of this work. Yeah. Yeah. So thank so you needed. so much. I mean, you have given, you're such a light to the world and you've given a lot of yourself and you're just uh, really doing great work. And so continued success. I know I'm going to be part of the conference. It's going to be amazing. So everybody, please sign up by going to www.richabadami.com. Thanks again. Yes, thank you so much, Carol. Looking forward to having you on the show. Absolutely. And so right. that is a woman on a mission. I mean, she really wants you to work through your trauma and 
she intimated that there were going to be special gifts given to anybody who signs up. So take advantage of this opportunity. And as I say at the end of every show, there will only be one of you at all times. I want you to fearlessly have the courage to be yourself and practice that stop model, would you? It really, really works. You have the power to change any feeling. It may not be as momentary as what the stop model could help you believe, but you can do that with constant practice and belief in you. Make it a good week.